praise the Lord. Good morning, blessed Sunday morning to everybody. Um, first Sunday in November um, 2020, a year like no other, um, like many of us have not seen all the things that have been going on and continue to go on in 2020. Um, it's been tough. It's been a challenge. Amen. It continues to be. Um, but we praise God for God. Amen. We praise God for Jesus. Um, we praise God that there is a Savior. Amen. Amen. And his name is Jesus. And so we, we praise God on this morning in spite of. Amen. Uh, in spite of all the things that are going on, we continue to praise God. And um, a couple of days before election here in the United States. And uh, if you have not voted, amen, get out and vote. Amen. Get out and vote. Um, your voice needs to be heard. And if you voted already, praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Um, so we praise God on this um, first Sunday in November as we continue to endeavor to stay with Him and to follow Him, to heed His voice. Um, and to, in the end, glorify Him. Yes. That's what God said. He said, we were created for His glory. And so we have a desire to glorify the Lord. Um, on this morning, um, we are going to be in 1 Samuel. Were we in 1 Samuel last week? I think so. We weren't? I thought we were. I know we talked about, I think we talked about Saul from 1 Samuel, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but we're going to be in 1 Samuel in any event this week, chapter 8. And so if you would, I ask you to turn there with me to 1 Samuel, chapter 8. And we will read verses 4 through 6 to begin in 1 Samuel, chapter 8. Chapter, well, verse 4, it says, Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. We'll stop there. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's pray today um, as we go before the throne of grace. Father, we bless you and we thank yes. you, God, for the reading of your word. Father God, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And so, Father, we are grateful to have your word to lead us in the way that we should go. Yes, On this morning, God, we're praying that you will open up the scriptures unto us, O God, by your Holy Spirit, that we may be taught the Word of God. Father God, cause us to see things we've never seen before. Yes, cause Father. us to understand things we have never understood before. And Father God, we bless you and thank you for building us up, strengthening us in our faith. Yes. Father God, have your way here today. And Father, we stand united, O God, against the enemy. We resist him now that he might flee from us, yes, that in this place and elsewhere, O oh God, your will will be done. And Father, we thank you, O oh God, for speaking unto us words of life 
in giving us the victory. Yes. Father, we bless you now. We thank you now. Father, use me for your glory, O oh God. Yes, Father, God, word my mouth. And Father God, let everything that is said, and everything that is spoken, everything that is done, bring praise to your name. Yes. Father, we love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we read 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 4 through 6. And we have a title today, amen. And our title is A Nation on the Brink. A Nation on the Brink. Amen. And uh, we're going to jump right into this because it's 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 a pretty straightforward story, and I believe that for many, it's a familiar one. And in this story, um, or this account that we're about to get into, the people of God desired, and in fact demanded, to have a king. And the people of God came to Samuel, who, <laughs> who at the time was the prophet in the land. He was the man of God. And they came to Samuel uh, demanding that they have or be given a king. And in verse 4 of 1 Samuel chapter 8, it says, Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together. Uh, now, when it says then, we know something happened before that. Mm -hmm. And in fact, they even mentioned the reason why they wanted a king, and it was because of what happened before that. Because if you look in verses 1 through 3, it tells us that Samuel had two sons. And in verse 3, it says that his sons walked not in his ways, yes. but turned aside after lucre, or they were after, you know, after gain. They just wanted to gain. They just wanted money. They turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. So Samuel's sons were dishonest. Samuel's sons were corrupt. Mm -hmm. Samuel's sons did not walk in the ways of God like their father Samuel had done. And so the people said, Samuel, you're getting old. And the only ones who are in place are your sons and your son to replace you. And your sons are corrupt. Yes. And so they said, we don't want them ruling over us. And so they came to Samuel and said, because of all these things, now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Now, I will say this, that the, the, the people wanting a king to judge them was not necessarily wrong um, because people need a leader. We, a nation needs a, a leader. <laughs> yes. um, and so the, the fact that the people collectively wanted a leader to judge them to lead them, to guide them, to tell them what's right, to tell them what's wrong. Watch this. To set the example yes, Jesus. was not necessarily wrong. Um, but where it went, went wrong was they continued. They said, now make us a king to judge us. And it was these words 
that brought them off course, like all the nations. They wanted a king like all the nations around them. And that is where the people of God got off course because they were to have a king, all right, but their king was supposed to be God. And so for them coming and saying, make us a king, mm -hmm. is not bad. But then they expanded it and said, like all the other nations. Now Samuel, because he's the man of God, he, he wasn't happy with this. It displeased him when they said this, give us mm -hmm. a king to judge us. And notice what the, it says in verse 6. He was just displeased because they said, give us a king to judge us. Um, and so anyway, he went, to the, he went to the Lord. He prayed unto to God. And the Lord said to Samuel in verse 7, hearken unto the voice of the people. In other words, listen to them mm -hmm. in all that they say unto you. And, and, and watch what God says. He said, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. And you know, this is, this, is, this is something that I believe should be a source of encouragement for uh, uh, leaders, for, for pastors who churches don't want them there anymore, first lady don't want, they don't like her, and even for ordinary people of God who mm -hmm. get rejected. Because how many of you know that, that people of God are not immune to rejection? Amen. We are going to be rejected. Why wouldn't we? Our Lord and Savior was despised and rejected. Yeah. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief. So why should we escape the grief and sorrow and the rejection when our Lord didn't? Amen. Amen. A servant is not greater than his Lord. And if our Lord was rejected, then you and I have to know that we're going to be rejected. How many people out there have ever been rejected, amen? amen. Rejected by, uh, you know, a co-worker, rejected by a friend, rejected by a family member, rejected by a potential employer, rejected yes. at school, yes. rejected at home, amen? Some of your family members don't even accept you, amen? Yes. Your family members reject you, amen? Rejected by, you know, in business, re re rejected in church. Come on, somebody. How many yes. people have know what it feels like to be rejected? And see, here's the thing. God knows what it feels like to be rejected. Amen. Why? He said, listen, he said, ever since I brought them out of Egypt, if you continue reading, he says, he says, according to all the works which they have done since the day I brought them out of Egypt, even until this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. And what he was saying, this is nothing new. They've been looking to go other ways and serve other gods ever since I brought them out of bondage. Yes. So God knows what it's like to be rejected. Jesus knows what it's like to be rejected. The Holy Spirit knows what it's yes. like to be Amen. rejected. Every time he tells us to go this way and we go, no, I'm going the other way. We reject his counsel. Yes. We reject, you know, his leading and his guiding. God knows what it feels like to be rejected. Um, and, and, and we get rejected from time to time. But listen, if we're doing what God would have us to do, if, 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 if you're living your life in a way, if you're speaking in a way 
that is in line with the will of God and the word of God and the way of God and people reject you, they're not so much rejecting you as they're rejecting the God in you. Yes. So many people have been rejected and it's not personal. They're rejecting the God that they see in you because your light shines into their darkness sometimes and, and, and that bothers them. Yes. And so, you know, there are times when we can take solace as God was seeking to uh, comfort Samuel by understanding they're not rejecting you. Amen. Now, this is not to say that sometimes people don't reject you for you, but 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 I just want you to know that there are times when people are rejecting you, especially when you have made a commitment yes. to live according to the word of God, so that God's will will be done in your life. And you start living that way, rejection is going to come. And that rejection is not so much of you as it is of the God that's in you. Right. Amen. And so God told Samuel, they're not rejecting you, Samuel. They, they, they are rejecting me. Now, God understood something. He knew, because, you know, nothing surprises God. Amen. And so God knew that there was going to come a day when his people would want a king. Mm -hmm. He knew that. Uh, keep, keep your finger here in 1 Samuel chapter 8. And, and let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 17. Deuteronomy chapter 17. And let's look at verse number 14 there. And it says, When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shalt possess it, and shalt dwell therein, and shalt say, I will set a king over me, like as all the nations that are about me. In fact, you know what I like to do? Let me read this in the New Living Translation. It's the same, it's the same, it's, it's to know, <laughs> amen. It's the same Bible, amen, just amen. different translation, mm -hmm. amen. So let's look at verse 14. It says, you are, and this is New Living Translation, you are about to enter the land your God is giving you, the Lord your God is giving you. When you take it over and settle there, you may think we should select a king to rule over us like the other nations around us. See, God knew there was going to come a time where the people would think in their heart, we want a king, yeah. just like everybody else. Yeah. Watch what he says. He says, if this happens, be sure to select as a king the man the Lord your God chooses. You must appoint a fellow Israelite. He may not be a foreigner. Mm -hmm. The king must not build up. Now he starts to tell them how the king should act. Mm -hmm. The king must not build up a large stable of horses for himself or send his people to Egypt to buy horses. For the Lord has told you, you must never return to Egypt. The king must, well, let's stop there for a second. So first of all, he says, the king must not build up a large stable of horses, what? For himself. Yes. So what's he saying? He says, the king that you shall have as my people, the leader that you should have, should not be out for himself. Amen. This is God speaking. Amen. Your leader should not be out for himself. Then he said, then he said, uh, uh, the king must not take many wives for himself because they will turn his heart away from the Lord. Now, this is interesting here because the, the, the wisest man in all the world was Solomon. Amen. And yet Solomon the wisest man in all the world who built the, the, the temple, um, who, who followed after God, 
he yet strayed because Solomon, the scriptures tell us in, in, in 1 Kings chapter 11, that he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And then the scripture says, and his wives turned his heart away from the Lord. And so God said here you know, that the king should not have many wives. Why? Because they will turn his heart away from the Lord. Does, the, does God know what he's talking yes. about? Yes. Amen. Because see, this is in Deuteronomy 17, hundreds of years before Solomon mm -hmm. is on the scene. Does God know what he's talking about? Amen. Yes. We, we, we can trust God. Amen. God, God knows it all. Amen. He, he, he is the only wise God. Yeah. Our Savior. Amen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so God knows what he's talking about. And he said, don't take wives. They, that, that you're going to have a king. He must not take many wives but himself because they will turn his heart away from the Lord. And he must not accumulate large amounts of wealth in silver and gold. Watch this. For himself. Once again, <laughs> don't look out for yourself. The Amen. leader should not be in that position looking out for himself, says the Lord. Uh, verse 18, when he sits on the throne as king, he must copy for himself this body of instruction on a scroll in the presence of the Levitical priests. He must always keep that copy with him and read it daily as long as he lives. That way he will learn to fear the Lord his God by obeying all the terms of these instructions and decrees. What are you saying? God says he must, he must follow my word. He must follow my law. He, 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 he must read it daily. This is what God is saying about yes. who should lead his people, right? And in verse 20, it says, this regular reading, watch this, will prevent him from becoming proud. Jesus. And acting as if he is above his fellow citizens. Jesus. See, this is the leader God is saying. He said, listen, you, you're going to want a king, but I'm giving you some guidelines to who should be ruling the nation. Amen. Right? And it should be someone who, who, who follows my ways, who's not out for himself, uh, who doesn't allow his wives or wife or whatever to get him and pull him away from God, who doesn't act proud, and who doesn't act as if he's better than everybody yes. else. Jesus. It says it would also, it meaning that he stays in the word daily, it would also prevent him from turning away from these commands in the smallest way. And it will ensure that he and his descendants will reign for many generations in Israel. So that's what God says. So God knew that, that the children of Israel, his, his people, his holy nation, would one day want a king. And he said, these are the guidelines for mm -hmm. a king. Um, so let's turn back to, to 1 Samuel chapter 8. 1 Samuel 8. And again, we had gotten down to about verse 9. Mm -hmm. So he said to Samuel, they, they, they haven't forsaken you, they haven't rejected you, but they have rejected me. And so in verse 9, he says, Now therefore, talking to Samuel, hearken to their voice, listen to them. Howbeit, yet protest solemnly unto them, meaning warn them, mm -hmm. warn them, and show them the manner of king that shall reign over them. He said, now, in Deuteronomy 17, he said, this is what the king should do. This is what he should be. He should not be out for himself. He, he should be grounded in the word of God. Uh, he should be humble and not prideful. He shouldn't think he's better than everybody else. Yes. He shouldn't amass wealth for himself and all the rest of that. He said, that's what the king should be. 
He said, yes. if that's the king, if that's the king, then, then the nation's going to be in good hands forever. But now, we fast forward to Samuel's day, and he says, okay, they want a king, but they want a king like the nations all around them. That's what they said. Mm -hmm. And he said, now tell them the type of king they're going to get. And Samuel told all the words <clears throat> of the Lord unto the people that asked him a king. And he said, this will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. Watch this. He will take, <laughs> first words, he will take. Yeah. He will take what? Your sons, Your sons. And appoint them what? For himself. <laughs> for chariots and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots. And he will, he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties. And will set them to ear his ground or to plow his ground. Mm -hmm. He's going to take your sons to plow his yes. ground. Mm -hmm. And to reap his harvest. And to make his instruments of war and instruments of his chariots. And he will take your daughters to be confectionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers. And he, watch this, and he will take your fields. Yes. And your vineyards and your olive yards even the best of them, and watch it, and give them to his servants, to his cronies, to his friends. friends. Oh, Jesus. And he will take a tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and to his servants. And he will take your men servants and your maid servants and your goodliest young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your sheep and you, ye, shall be his servants. Mm -hmm. And then verse 18, and ye shall cry out in that day because of your king, which ye shall have chosen you. Yes. You're going to cry out because of the king you chose. <laughs> Jesus. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. Mm. So this is the warning that, that, that God told Samuel to give to the people who wanted a king like all the nations around them. And like I said, wanting a king, wanting a leader for the nation was not necessarily a bad thing. But wanting one like every other nation, that was where the people went astray. So Samuel warned them, and look what it says in verse 19. Nevertheless, the people heard this, but nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, nay, but we will have a king over us. So they said, yeah, yeah, that's all right. We still want a king. Mm -hmm. We don't care what kind of character he has. We don't care that he's going to take from us. Jesus. We don't care that he's going to be out for himself. We want him anyway. That we, why? That we also may be like all the nations. But you're not supposed to be like all the nations. Amen. Amen. And that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he rehearsed them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, hearken unto their voice, listen to them, and make them a king. And Samuel said unto the men of Israel, go ye every man unto his city. Jesus. So now here we are. Let, let, and now let's, 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 let's lay plain what, what, some of you should be hearing already, okay? Yeah. And here's the thing. We know that in this country, election day is two days away, right? And it's important. And as I said at the top, if you haven't voted, get out there and vote. 
Amen. You go vote. You you exercise your franchise and you let your voice be heard. Amen. That's important. But there's something more important though. And and, and, and particularly for the people of God. And, and, and God is talking to his people this morning, amen, particularly for the people of God. In fact, yes. God's talking to everybody because God, God so loves the world. Amen. But I believe that the people of God, amen, judgment starts in the household of faith, amen. And so yes. we need to hear what God is saying and give the more earnest heed to it because we have already accepted him as our Lord, amen. We have no excuse, amen. right? Amen. You know, God speaks our response should be what? Yes, Lord. Lord. Amen. Mm -hmm. um, so election day is coming in, in, in a couple of days. And it's important. But there's something more important. And for the people of God, it's, it's this. It is the Lord who's supposed to be our king. Amen. It's the Lord who's supposed to be our leader. And I don't care who's in office. God is supposed to be our leader. And, you know, the Bible says in, in Psalm 33 and 12, it says, it says, blessed is the nation whose, who, whose Lord is God. Amen. Amen. See, we, we want to call ourselves a blessed nation, and yet we reject the Lord. Yes. Amen. We reject the Lord on every hand, and yet we still want to be blessed. But here is the thing for people of God. We can't get so caught up in secondary things. And forget the primary thing. Jesus. And we have gotten so caught up in Democrat and Republican and in, in independent and write-in candidates and, and, and what this one said and what that one said and, and slogans and commercials and, and, and gaudy-looking hats, right? Uh, we got caught up in all this stuff. <laughs> and it that's secondary stuff. Yes. The primary stuff is who is your God? And if, and if the Lord is your God, we talked about this last week. If the Lord is your God, then do what? Follow him. him. Amen. And see, we have to make that choice. Amen. Why? Because for God's people, it was always God's intention that he would be your king. Amen. Amen. It was always God's intention for to be the king and the leader of his people. And if you and I call ourselves people of God, then we need to understand, first and foremost, God is our leader. Amen? Yes. So yes, election is important, but understand that God is your leader. Now, here's the other thing. Secondly, any earthly representative who's going to lead a nation mm -hmm. of God's people, glory to God, should reflect God's heart. Amen. Say that again. And see, that's what God was saying in Deuteronomy 17. If you're going to pick a king, because he knew the day was going to come, if you're going to pick a leader of the nation, then that person should have certain characteristics. That earthly representative should reflect the heart of God. Now listen, we have to, we have to be honest. And, and, and again, it particularly, glory to God, talking to, people, to Christians and talking to people who are in the household of faith who have, who have said all kinds of things, trying to use scripture to, yes. to, to justify something that they see with their own eyes and hear with their own ears that looks and sounds Eat. nothing like God. Eat, Lord. Like Eat. nothing like yes. God. Yes. 
Yeah. And we've been we've seen this for the last four Jeez. years. It looks nothing like God, sounds nothing like God, and yet you have people in the household of God who are claiming that somehow the things that we hear and see that sound Jeez. nothing like God have been duly appointed by God. The devil is a liar. Amen. The devil is a liar. Amen. Now, when we think mm. about the current occupant, let's ask the question: does he reflect the heart of God? Now the Bible tells us you will know a tree by its, its fruit. Amen. Right? So the actions speak. The actions speak. Right? It also tells us that, you know, what do you hear come out of the mouth? Mm -hmm. Because the actions are going to reflect what's going on in the heart. Because what's going on inside a person comes shows on the outside in the form of fruit. So that's how you know a tree by its fruit. Tree don't have to tell you anything. You, all you got to do is just wait for the fruit to come forward. And if it's, if it's good fruit, that's a good tree. If it's a corrupt fruit, that's a corrupt tree. Amen. The other thing you have to do is just listen with your ears. What are you hearing? What do you hear? Because see, that tells you what's going on in a, in a person's heart. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So all we have to do is wait for fruit and wait for words to be spoken, and we know what's going on in the heart of a man, in the heart of a woman, because, see, it's going to show on the outside, and it's going to sound on the outside. We're going yes. to see it, and we're going to hear it. And all you have to do, we have to ask yourself a question, what have I seen and heard? Amen. What have I seen Amen. and heard? And don't try to take the character of what you've seen and heard and make it into something else. That's it. Now, someone will say, well, wait a minute. Other people have said this about, about the occupant and said this about him and done this about him. But listen, listen. If you are in, you have the privilege of running a nation. It's a privilege. Mm -hmm. That is something that has been given unto you. Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. So we can't take someone in a leadership position and judge his or her conduct by lesser people. Don't point to people protesting on the street or point yes, to people Jesus. in the communities and say, well, look what they're doing and look what they're saying and then justify the conduct of the leader. No, to whom much is given, much is required. You have to act at a higher level. Level. Why? Because Jesus. the standard is higher. Why? Because you have been given more. Amen. This is Bible. And again, talking to people who are in the household of faith. It's time to stop twisting the word of God. To support something that is unsupportable. Amen. It's time out for doing that. This nation is on the brink. This nation is on the brink. I'm not going to say... That this nation has never been more divided. I'm not going to say that. Because that somehow I believe, you know, we can talk all we want. There's no slavery going on right now, amen. Uh, you know, so, and some of the things that we know is the history of this country. Mm -hmm. But no one can deny this nation is divided. The hostility, the distrust, the suspicion, the animosity one toward another. This nation is on a brink. And we need to stop playing games and realize that 
there's a change that needs to happen. Amen. And we can talk about a change at the ballot box, but, I, but to the people of God, there's a change that's greater than that. And that is putting God where he belongs. Whoever sits in, 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 in the highest office in the land is one thing. But we need to acknowledge, first of all, who sits on the throne. And who sits on the throne is God. And as people of God, we have to take up the mantle and set the example for everybody else and not fall in line with what everybody else is doing. And more than that, and not twisting things and twisting scripture to support what is not in line with scripture. It's up to us to do that. It's up to us to do that. So... Election days in two days, that's important. More important is that we got to understand who's on the throne. That's more important than who's in the office. Amen? Amen. And the other thing is, we have to understand and hold people who are going to be in positions of authority and power over godly people. They need to represent and reflect the heart exactly. of God. Amen. Now, the third thing I will say to you is this, and that is... And, and, and this is why I say the election is important, but there's something more important. See, see, the, the, the children of Israel believe that by getting a king, that somehow they would change their fortunes as a nation. Mm -hmm. That they would change their fortune. Enemies were all around them. Enemies were taking advantage of them and so forth. And they thought they could change their fortunes as a nation. But here's the thing. And this is the third thing we have to keep in mind. You can change the king, you can change the leader, but it won't bring about the change in the nation if the basic problem is disobedience to God. Amen. Say that again. Okay. I've been commanded. Glory <laughs> to God in heaven. Glory to God. You can change the king, you can change the leader, but it will not bring a change in the nation when the basic problem is disobedience to God. Amen. Jesus. And we have to look around in this nation and we have to be honest. We've been talking about the fact that there's a racial reckoning in this country. I will say this. There's just a reckoning going on in this country that's not limited by racial reckoning. There, there's a spiritual reckoning, I believe, that's going on first and foremost. Not only for this country, but for the world. This whole world is under attack by an invisible virus. The whole world. And there's a reckoning that's being... And, and God said, what, in Second Chronicles 7, 14, If who? All people know. If my, my people... people. My people who are called by my name, my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and forgive sins and do what? And heal, heal the land. land. This land needs to be healed. This land needs to be healed of this virus. But this land also needs to be healed of this hatred and this animosity and this division and the distrust and, 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 and the lying and, and, and the misinformation. This land needs to be healed. And that is not something that's going to happen simply because we change who's in certain positions of leadership. Amen. It's going to happen when we restore God to his proper place on the throne. Amen. And we Amen. As, as people of God have to take up that mantle and stop just falling in line 
with the secondary things. That's I'm right. not saying the secondary things aren't important, but they're secondary. Amen. It's a matter of, 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 of priority. Amen. It's a matter of priority. And we have to be the ones to do it. Amen. We have to be the ones to do it. We have to be the ones to live right. Amen. We have to be the one to show people what it means to love your neighbor. We have to be the ones. Amen. It's a shame that some of the Christians are the same ones who are going in the stores and acting a fool because they don't want to wear a mask. That's a shame. Amen. That's a shame right there. Yes. That's a shame right there that some people who are called who are called by the name of the Lord are calling police on innocent people. That's a shame right there. Yes. That stuff needs to stop. It needs to see, and we in the household of faith need to be able to say, that's not right. And when we know somebody who's called by the name of the same God that you're called by is acting like that, they need to be called out and say, no, no, no. You need to raise up the standard. You need to raise up the standard. Yes. His nation's on the brink. Amen. This nation is on the brink. Mm. The Bible says righteousness exalts a nation. Glory to God. That's Proverbs 14 34. Righteousness exalts a nation. Amen. Not political parties. Amen. Not political parties. Amen. Not garish looking hats with some slogan. Amen. Not commercials. Mm. None of that stuff. Not debates. Righteousness exalts a nation. Glory to God. We have to get back to the old landmark, amen? We have to get back to the old landmark, being in right standing with God, amen? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and what? And his what? His righteousness. First things first. It's about priority, amen? It's about priority. This nation is on the brink, and, and, and greatness as a nation is not going to be found because we come up with a new slogan or, or, or anything like that. It's not going to come because, you know, we, 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 we go around talking to people and trying to convince them of things that are not true. It's not going to come from that, amen? amen. Greatness uh, as a nation is not found. And you want to know where greatness as a nation is found? Uh, do this with me. Go back to Deuteronomy for a second. Let's stop at, 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 at chapter 28. Let's talk about chapter 28. Because, you know, talking about, you know, making nations great and, 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 and being the, 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 the greatest nation on earth and all the rest of this stuff. You know what makes the nation great? Watch this. Watch this right here. Deuteronomy 28, verse number 1. We don't got to read any more than this. And it shall come to pass, if you shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. Yes. Period. See, that, that, this is... The, so you want to be great, whether again or now or in the future or whatever, it's going to be because we are following God. It's yes. time out for this nation in particular who claim that we're one nation under God. See, that's we are saying that, and we're making a mockery of it. One nation under God, indivisible. Really? See, no, no. If we're going to be under God, that means we acknowledge him as Lord, that we acknowledge him as God on the throne. And when we do that, blessed is the nation whose, whose Lord is God. We will be blessed. When, when we exalt, you know, 
When, when, we, uh, you know, when we act righteous, we'll be exalted, right? right? Righteousness exalts a nation. And when we follow God, he will set us, what? Above all the nations Amen. of the earth. But we, we're not there right now. And it's time out to think otherwise. This nation is on the brink. And it's up to the people of God to bring it back. <laughs> to get it off that precipice and bring this nation back where it belongs. Amen. It's going to start with the household of faith. Now, I want to read, I want to read um, one last thing, and then we're going to leave. Glory to God. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 22. And we're going to read this, and, and glory to God, thank you, Lord, because see, we got to read this, and, and And we got and again, this is this also shows where we in the household of faith have to get ourselves together, and we have to have integrity about ourselves. Amen. We have to have some integrity about ourselves, and especially the leaders in in the Christian faith. Amen. There needs to be some integrity about what we're proclaiming yes. is truth. Amen. There needs to be some integrity. Now, watch this. Ezekiel chapter 22. Let's look at verse 30. We're going to look at this in a couple of versions. Then we get, we're getting up out of here. 22 and 30. Let's look at the King James Version. And it says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Now, I'm going to read it in the Amplified Version. We're going to read this a couple of versions. Amplified Version. And I sought a man among them, who should build up the wall and stand in the gas before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Now, I don't know how many times I've heard coming from those in the household of faith yes, of using this yes, as a basis for saying that the current occupant is the right one because he was talking about building a wall Jesus. on the border of the United States and Mexico. And this is coming from Christian leaders yes, who are taking the scripture yeah. and saying that this, that this supports the building of a border wall between the United States and Mexico. Now, glory to God in heaven. If we look at this in, 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 the, in the New Living Translation, it says this, watch this. I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness. Amen. That's it. Tell them. This is what it's saying. This is what God is saying. God is not talking about building a wall of stone. He's not talking about building a wall of metal. He's talking about building a wall of what? Of righteousness. Righteousness exalts a nation. He's not looking. Stone doesn't exalt the nation. Steel doesn't exalt the nation. Righteousness exalts a nation. And so God says, I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness. And watch what he says. The wall of righteousness that guards the land. Yes. <laughs> not some stone wall. Amen. What's it say about the about the 
about about building a wall and they labor in vain and all the rest of that, mm -hmm. right? You know what I mean? Unless the Lord build the city. Sounds right. Unless the Lord build the city. They labor in vain. Who build it? Unless God is watching over it. The watchmen are watching in vain. It says here that the wall of righteousness guards the land. Amen. And so God says, I'm looking for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. We have too many evangelicals using this scripture yes. to talk about building a wall between the United States and Mexico. Shame on you. Amen. Shame on you. We need to be better. If we want this nation to be better, I, Lord God, God is saying my people need to be better. It starts with the people of God. I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so I wouldn't have to destroy the land. But I found no one. Right. God is looking for his people to stand in the gap that exists in this country. There's a gap, amen, because we've been, we're more divided. We're so divided now. And, and so as we're divided, there's a gap. Yes. Who's going to stand in the gap? Who's going right. to speak the truth? Amen. Who's going to hold up the standard? And it's not about them, them, them. It's really all of us. Each one of us has to look in the mirror and do our part. Amen? Amen. We have to do our part. And just because you and I, you may not be a leader, you may not be a teacher, you may not be a preacher, you may not be this, you may not be that, but if you're called by the name of the Lord, you are his disciple. You are his ambassador, which means you're a government official. Amen. The government shall be upon his shoulders. How many of you know Jesus got a government? Amen. amen. The government shall be upon his shoulders. And, and, and an ambassador is a government official. And the Bible says that we are ambassadors for Christ. Amen. So all of us have an official duty to go forward and represent our king. Glory to God in heaven. And so that's what we have to do. Amen. But if you are now called within that general ambassadorship, you are called to a higher level, leading denominations, leading mega churches. Don't take scriptures like these and twist it to Amen. fit something that is not true. This is not about building some stone wall. This is about building a wall of righteousness. And here's the thing. God knew who did that was going to be done because he even said here, glory to God, he even said, he even said, uh, he said, Son of man, verse 24, give the people of Israel this message. In the day of my indignation, you will be like a polluted land, a land without rain. Your princes plot conspiracies just as lions stalk their prey. They devour innocent people, seizing treasures and extorting wealth. They make many widows in the land. Your priests have violated my instructions and devoured my holy things. They make no distinction between what is holy and what is not. They yeah. And they do not teach my people the difference between what is ceremonially clean and unclean. Mm -hmm. They disregard my Sabbath days that I am dishonored among them. Your leaders are like wolves who tear apart their victims. They actually destroy people's lives for money. And watch this, verse 28. And your prophets Jesus. cover up for them. Mm -hmm. By announcing false visions and making lying predictions. Yes. See, yes. we need to stop covering up for those who aren't doing what's right. Amen. And we need to stop making, making, uh, announcing false visions. False visions. And making lying predictions. 
Jesus. We need to stick to the word of God. Amen. Listen, this nation is on the brink. Amen. And 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 yeah, we have an election coming up. But I, I said it once. I'm gonna say it again. It's not so much about the change in the leadership. I'm not saying that it has no value, but the most important thing. Keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is who's sitting on the throne. And the main thing is, are we going to follow behind the example, the instructions, the commandments, the precepts, the principles of the one who sits on the throne? Because we have to be doing it. It's up to each one of us as his people. And especially the leaders in the household of faith. We have to be better. Glory to God. Somebody needs to say it. We have to be better. We have to be better. We have to be better. And and we have to examine ourselves and be willing to step up and allow God to use each one of us in whatever way he can do it to change this country for the better. Because that is what's going to help pull us back from the brink of disaster. Because right now we're tottering it. Right now we're teetering it. Amen. And and we need to be pulled back. And we need to stop messing around. Amen. And so it's not about this change in leadership. It's about a change in discipleship. We need to be better disciples. Amen. We need to be better disciples of Christ. And demonstrate that we are taught of the Lord. And we are obedient to his will. That's what we need to show. We need to be better disciples. And it's time for us as the people of God to take up his righteous banner, which exalts a nation, to take up that righteousness, amen, to be part of that wall of righteousness that guards the land. We need to take up the banner and we need to to be front and center in helping reset the course of this nation because this nation has lost its way. Yes. This nation has lost its way. And this nation is on the brink, on the brink, and we can mess around and act like everything's going to be back to normal. I'm tired of hearing people tell me, I can't wait till things get back to normal. What are you doing about it? See, first of all, I don't want back to normal. How many of you want better? Amen. I don't want want what what we had. We had that already. How many want better? And if we want to be better in terms of how we live, then we're going to have to be better in how we live. That's it. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. My book's already closed. All right. Amen. And uh, that means brother's done. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray today. Father, we bless your name. Glory to God. We just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your word that's coming unto us, oh God. And, yes. and, and, and Father, we just pray that we will heed your voice. We just yes. pray that we will heed your voice, God. Just pray we will stop with the excuses, God, and just yes, heed God. your voice. Pray, oh God, that we will stop following behind false teachings and false yes, declarations, Lord, oh God, and that we will just... We will just run after your truth and your righteousness, yes, O oh God. Father, we just pray. Father, forgive us, O oh God, for, for our failure, for not holding up the, the, the banner of righteousness, yes, O oh God, in your name. And Father God, help us to be better today than we were yesterday and help us to be better tomorrow than we yes, are today, O oh God. You, Jesus. And Father, we just thank you, God. We thank you that you are a merciful God, that Father God, you have spoken a word of correction and guidance unto your people. Father God, may we just hearken unto your voice that your will may be done. And Father, we just bless you for it. 
Father, we declare, oh God, our frailty, oh God, yes. and, and say, God, we can't do it without you, oh Lord. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. But yet your word declares that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens yes. us. And so, Father God, we're praying for the strength of Christ that we may do what you are calling us to do. We're praying for that anointing to that anointing that removes the burdens and destroys yes, every yoke. Lord, We're praying, O oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, that, Father God, that we will walk in your ways. And, Father God, as you do, God, we believe that you will lift up this nation because righteousness yes, exalts yes, a nation. Yes. And, Father God, we just pray for that day to come. And, Father God, whoever the leader may be, Father God, we count you as our King, as our Savior, as our Lord. And we bless you and we honor you for it in the name of Jesus. Yes, now, God, just seal your word deep within us, O oh God, and continue to minister it, it unto us. Yes. And Father God, help us to walk it out. And we'll forever praise your name and give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, amen Lord. Well, praise God today. Amen. Praise God for you. Amen. Pray that you have a, um, a wonderful day. Amen. Um, pray that you have a wonderful day and and um and a wonderful week and as you keep following god and, and just know that um god is in control yes he is. amen we're going to keep our eye on god but as his people you know we we can do better amen amen we can do better and god is calling on us to do better um and also calling on us to be a part of the change that we so desperately want and need it's not up to the next man or to the next woman. It's up to each one of us. Amen. And so we want to make sure that um, we continually examine ourselves. And, you know, whatever the Lord is leading us and guiding us to make change and, and correction, that we do it. Amen. 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 So enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your week. Um, and those of you who know us and know our family, make sure you say happy birthday to Brandy. Yes. Brandy's birthday is Tuesday, November 3rd. Yes. Amen. Amen. So no matter what happens with that, it's a happy day for our family. Amen. So we'll be celebrating the birth of our wonderful daughter, Brandy. Amen. Praise, God. Praise the Lord. We'll see you next time. Seems like my wife's cutting me off. No, I'm not. She's like, <laughs> she's ready to just hit the buttons.